so beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was a weird week. Weird I uh, woke up on uh, Wednesday yesterday, and uh, police are at my door saying, get out of Dodge. And so I did. I did. How long did it take you to get out once they told you? Well, it was weird. It was like a movie almost, right? Because it was like, pack a bag, get out of Dodge right now. And we're like, okay. And, and the same thing that happens in movies where people don't know what to pack. That was what happened. We just started throwing random pictures, stuff in bags. We'll need a fork. <laughs> and I got to my parents' house and went, didn't pack any underwear. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> what exactly what did they say when they knocked on the door? Did they even tell you what was happening? Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, uh, they uh, live actually woke up, woke up and, and um, uh, uh, I saw that my kid's school was uh, was Kansas. And I'm like, because of a flood. And I thought, a flood? I don't remember a flood when I went to bed last night. And, um, and so I, I walked down to the Grand River in my pajamas, and I took a peek down there, and there was a city worker who was just starting to get there, and he goes, you're going to be evacuated, just be warned. I'm like, what are you talking about? But then I looked over, and I saw it, and I went, okay, you I get what's going on. And so I went back to the house, and we started bringing, like, photo albums out of the basement. So they're sitting upstairs in my house right now, and... And uh, by 8 o'clock in the morning, the police were there and saying, you are in a evacuation zone, there's a forced evacuation, and you're going to need to leave until further notice. Watch the website, and like, okie dokie, <laughs> and, uh, and me and my entire neighborhood vamoosed. And uh, so it's now Thursday afternoon, and we're still out of, uh, out of our house. And um, yeah, and as of, uh, I guess, about an hour or so ago, or two hours ago, they said that it's until further notice that we're uh, we're still out of our house and it's not we're not out of the woods yet. So it's been a weird week. It's been wild. It must have been very surreal to have all that happen too. It has been yeah. surreal. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. You don't often think about Brantford being a place where states of emergencies would happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, I had somebody call me today. Like, hey, does like is this usual? Does this happen a lot? No, not in my lifetime. <laughs> it's 40 years or something like that? Yeah, it's something like that. My dad yeah. used to live uh, in the house that I live in now, down in Eagle Place. And um, he remembers there being a time where there was almost annual flooding. He said, I used to go to my friend's house to watch his ping pong table bob up and down in, in water. And, uh, and, uh, but when they started building these dikes and reservoirs, mm -hmm. it, uh, uh, when I, I chatted with Chris Friel yesterday on the uh, special report that we did here on right. Rogers, and Chris was saying, if it wasn't for those things that were built back in, I guess, the, in the 70s, this would have been a sort of national disaster. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, glad we did that. Yeah, yeah very thankful for yeah. the support we have, yeah. the structures we have in place to... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, even though it could, have, it, it could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. It could have been a whole lot worse. And mm -hmm. I was really impressed with how everybody really handled everything. We had a ton of information constantly being updated on it. Uh, Rick Weaver and his Facebook Lives of all of the, the press conferences, yeah. Yeah. he was all over it. it, it was, I was really impressed. Cool way to use yeah. social media, and I mean, this is, a, this is an amazing example of what social media, the good parts of social media, and you mm -hmm. and I were even just were chatting, and yeah. well, I think we'll probably chat even a little bit more, because yeah. I'm, I'm interviewing you guys today, so <laughs> I'm sure we're going to talk all things millennial that is scary and new to the elderly like me, but, but it is what an amazing use of social media that yeah. uh, Rick Weaver's been able to do, and yeah. the city as well, but Rick's been right on top of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wonder what millennials that were being evacuated grabbed and what Gen Xers did and what baby boomers grabbed. I wonder if there were a difference. Oh. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. What would you guys grab? Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good like ask on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. What would you grab? What did you? I remember one the the first thing my son, who's he's not a millennial, he would be he's, he's something else, whatever the thing after millennial yeah. is. Uh, but he uh, he went down for the PS4 in the basement. Yeah, like, Smart man. yeah that's Smart man. That, that's number one. <laughs> the, the PS4 was up in his bedroom upstairs yeah. before anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, with social media too, um, we just uh, we just put it out there that we're going to be helping out a disaster relief organization called Global Medic, and they're going to be bringing in like 200 plus uh, flood kits to help families kind of with the cleanup after the fact. Um, so if anybody's interested in helping with that or volunteering over the weekend, we're not exactly sure when everybody's going to get be able to get back into their houses. But at that point, then we'll be making a call to action for everybody to get involved and help us get all those kits out to everybody. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's why I like you guys. <laughs> that's why you're letting me on the big millennial <laughs> yeah. show. So we are going to be uh, interviewing Ben and Matt. So I'm going to I'm going to be monitoring. Uh, the uh, Facebook Live as well for questions. Mm -hmm. So if you guys have questions that you want to be able to ask these guys, because I'm going to ask them about why they do uh, think millennial and mm -hmm. why uh, they care enough about millennials to organize this millennial networking group. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're going to use today as a bit of a chance to be able to get to know you guys. And uh, you and, like, I think you speak for all millennials everywhere. I'm pretty sure, right? For sure we do, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a vote, but only, like, 10% of the people showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Typical. So, so we're going to be back on uh, Think Millennial, and we're going to chat with uh, Ben and Matt after this. <laughs> program is brought to you by Rogers Anyplace TV. Enjoy exclusive content for free. Visit RogersAnyplaceTV.com. This February, help to fill emergency food hampers during the House of Friendship's Potato Blitz. You can make a difference in your community with a bag of spuds or a financial donation. Down, I'm gonna do it. 100. But so much more. That's awesome stuff right there. just going to finish up now with a great uh, stir fry again using some of our prepackaged vegetables that are still really fresh that are really great for us See what you think. What do you think of that? Delicious.
Welcome back to Think Millennial, Dave Carroll edition, the Gen X edition of Think Millennial. We am here X. with the hosts <laughs> of Think Millennial, Ben and Matt. This is so Strasser. weird. It is. Yeah. Are, you, are you feeling all right over there on the on the far I'm chair? A little, I'm, I feel a little bit off. <laughs> it's just a whole new view. <laughs> Love seat and chairs are different. It's a, it's a different yeah. role for you. Yeah. Yeah. I do like being spaced out from him. He usually has his arm around yeah. me and like, get off. That is a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah there's no way that a Gen Xer would do that. No. Yeah, there's no it's a millennial around. thing. <laughs> there's no arm around. We were a little bit more uh, uh, aware of personal space. <laughs> yeah. I have a personal bubble. Don't enter it. I'm glad we're going to be able to cover all this. We're really going to let everything out today. <laughs> we're going to get deep down. This. Okay, so when, when I did my first ever show on Rogers, yeah. uh, I would have been, I would have been t uh, 18 years old. So I did my first ever um, uh, Dave Carroll show. It was, yeah. uh, I did two, two comedy half hours. That the uh, one ran for an entire year, and the second one ran for an entire year. So people thought I did it forever, but I did like two episodes. <laughs> so I'm on my very so my very first interactive talk segment. But before you could get any Facebook comments, was I had was there with my sidekick Bob, and I said, "So let's talk, Bob." And I said, "Sandwich meats and mustard. Mm -hmm. Where many people put mustard on the bread, but I put mustard on the meat. Mm. Where should you put it?" Hmm. So I, uh, um, you know, 20, uh, 23 years later, I ask you this question <laughs> in the studio. Mustard on your sandwich. You put it on your meat or the bread? Ben? I think I put it on, I put it on the sandwich, like on the actual bread. On the bread? On the bread yeah. And then flip it over and put it on. No, I always spread it. Do you? Yeah. yeah see, I don't spread it. I just put it everywhere. I got in trouble one time because I just, like, put it on the bread and then it was almost like, like a burger yeah. and then I just like squished it and it wasn't good enough I needed to spread it all around so I I was trained but you're both bread people yeah we're both yeah. bread people really yeah. see I am yeah. adamantly meat hmm. because I think if you're putting it on the bread you're saying that mustard would taste good on bread normally because it seeps you into the bread. Yes, so if you put, <laughs> really thought into this. Yeah, if you put it on the meat, that's a, that, is, that brings out the taste of the pastrami or the taste of the salami, right? And then you, I, I don't even like the mustard fraternizing with the bread. I think you've changed me. Yeah, you want, so you want a buffer zone because that mustard makes the meat pop, but yeah. just imagine eating a mustard on bread. Oh, I don't what think so. What about mayo? You put mayo on it? Mayo's okay. <laughs> I meant on the bread or the meat. <laughs> it's not a fully thought out thought. Yeah. Oh <laughs> You've only got as far as mustard. Right. Yeah. 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 Next time on the Dave Carroll Show. Years I haven't thought about it since. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, want, I want to ask you guys. So um, this show, Think Millennial, mm -hmm. uh, came from the Millennial Networking Group. And and as a guy that I've, you know, I watch the community and I watch who who's doing things in the community with, with great interest. And a couple of years ago, all of a sudden I started seeing the Millennial Networking Group popping up. And, and I remember thinking, I gotta know more about this. Uh, so tell me about Millennial Networking Group to start with. Where did this, where did this come from? Beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, it'll be a good idea. <laughs> it was basically no. We were sitting at Bell City Brewing, and uh, we were having a few pints, not during work hours, and we <laughs> we uh, we had done some networking before, but we weren't we didn't really feel it wasn't just really for us. So instead of conforming to somebody else, we're like, why don't we just do it our way? So we we're like, okay, how are we gonna do this? And it was June of of 2016, yeah. and by that July, so within a month, we had everything planned out exactly what we were gonna do, how we were gonna do it. We invited a bunch of people out, 
Um, and the story's been heard before. We had like one person out there just as it was beginning, and we, we looked at each other. And we're like, "Oh no, this is yeah. gonna be so bad." <laughs> yeah. but we wouldn't actually like say anything yeah. about that, right? Uh, <laughs> Did you at least like that one person who came, or is it you? Kyle Coin. All right, good. Yeah. So yeah. at least at least yeah. it was all right. Yeah. 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 So then, within ten minutes, there was another sixteen, seventeen people that had showed up. Uh, so it was really good energy. It was awesome. We did the tour on the the brewery, and I believe it was Tiffany that did the tour. I think so. Yeah. She's amazing when she does the tour. She's just so passionate about it. It's very. It just makes everything even more intriguing. Um, so that's kind of where it popped from. But we realized when we left that after the end of the network or the the networking part that there was a lot of people who were really excited, and we wanted to bring some sort of a community aspect to it. So that's when we started to decide, like, why don't we charge to get in $10, you'll get your drink, and then the rest of that money will go towards some sort of a local initiative. Mm -hmm. So for the first one, we helped out at Nova Vita, and we, we did backpacks and school supplies for the kids there, because then next month was going to be them going back to school. So we did that, and we were hooked right away, like, yeah. just seeing how everybody else was so excited for it, and we really felt good about it. It felt amazing. And then from then on, it just snowballed, got bigger and bigger and bigger, and now we're in many cities doing the same thing. So, so there's a generation that really dug networking things. Mm -hmm. My generation, I think the idea of showing up at a room for the for the uh, expressed intention of networking and, and and with with somebody who's t 20 years older than me is about as exciting as sticking a fork in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you guys. When you guys found yourself in these sort of old-style networking things, what about it was so kind of unappealing? Um, I think we found that a lot of it was people weren't necessarily open to young people coming in or the new people on the block or, like, at the time, like, just the positions that we were in. There's people that had been inside of these groups for a long period of time or they've been doing it for 10, 20, 30 years. As long as, as we've been alive. Yeah, so, yeah, or longer. And so then at that point... <laughs> um, They've built up all of this clientele, and there was you're almost you're waiting for them to retire, or like I mean it's very morbid, but like to pass away. They can't believe you just went there. Be the graphics guy until old Bob, the graphics guy goes. You could have left that part. You know what? It's a tell-all episode. I've tried to wait it out before. Don't worry. But that's that's kind of what we found was that it was just we we were trying to find our spot and our place to fit. And we just weren't able to, to do that just based on some kind of restrictions yeah. that were there. It just seemed like they had their clicks already that you, we, you couldn't even enter the conversation. You weren't even respected enough almost uh, to be there. And it just wasn't going to fly with us. And we wanted everything to be very inclusive. Anybody can come out. And we really try and, and if somebody new comes in the door, we really go to them right away and make them feel comfortable. We want new people to feel comfortable coming out mm -hmm. even by themselves. Yeah. And we've uh, seen the same thing happen with the other members of the group will now do the same thing. We don't even have to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's really just started to be a community of people that want to see each other succeed. Okay, well, well we're, we're gonna chat about some of the different uh, aspects of, and you can educate me, mm -hmm. of some of the different aspects of what, what makes millennials millennials and what is appealing and, and what isn't. So I wanna, I wanna chat a little bit more about, about that. On Thick Millennial, hosted by the Gen Xer, uh, we'll, we'll be right back and uh, chat more with uh, Ben and Matt here on Thick Millennial. Right back after this. moms on a mission to talk about everything parents deal with on a daily basis. Okay, so what do you do when your child has a meltdown? 
It's Vanessa and Melissa, Tuesdays at 7.30 on Rogers TV. Thursday. You do need painting. Those wacky improv artists are back. Theater on the Edge on Rogers TV. Family, it's just extremely important. People move around, connected for success. It's just made it so much easier. For the longest time, I was on cloud nine. It connects you to family. It connects you to the outside world, and it makes you feel connected to the community. It was a whole new experience. You realize then how much you missed out. In fact, connect is my favorite word now. I love that word. It keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> For Sir George Etienne Cartier, the work of uniting Canada was as vast as the country itself. First, he won over Quebec. Union is the only way forward. No, Monsieur Cartier! Confederation will cost French Canadians their nationality. Monsieur, together we will form a political nationality independent of our origins. Diversity will be Canada's strength. Then he fought for Manitoba. The Northwest has formed a government under Louis Riel will not join Confederation unless our rights are respected. So you want a new province? Then you'll have it. That will be a place for your people in Canada. He envisioned a country from Atlantic to Pacific. British Columbia won't even think of joining Canada without a wagon road through the Rockies. Ask for a railway. We are building a country after all. Bold as a lion, Confederation could not have happened but for him. The Canada, son pays, ses amours. Welcome back to Think Millennial. My name's Dave Carroll, and uh, there's considerably more gray hair uh, on set than there normally is at, uh, during this live hour. I love it. This is live TV, guys. Live TV on the TV and also on the Internet. Interwebs. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. You broadcast the TV on the Internet now. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible it's times we're living in. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> so uh, we, we were chatting about where the Millennial Networking Group came from, and mm -hmm. we'll get into I want to hear some of your, your own personal stories, too, about uh, why you care to care, because mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I, I like about you guys is that you're innovative and entrepreneurial, but you also care, and you're, you're choosing to make this a part of, of what you do a, as a group. But the first time that I realized that, and I used to be, again, as a Gen Xer, my joke was always that uh, there's nothing that Gen Xers care about less about than everything. <laughs> and, uh, and so I remember when I first went to, to high school, and I heard these grand stories of high school football games and pep rallies and and we went there and I remember my generation killed them all because we, we were like we went and we're like they say you could pay a toonie and go to a, a football game and I went well that's terrific here's a toonie I'm out of here and nobody would show up to the games and we kind of even reveled in non-school spirit which is you know I'm sorry North Park Collegiate I'm sorry I'm sorry but it was and then a number of years passed and my my younger siblings started to go to school and I remember they were going to high school football games, and I went, no, 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 you, you don't go to those things. That's, <laughs> you, that's your yeah. opportunity to leave and not care. And they went, no, 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 you're wrong. And I remember thinking, this, there's something to this. There really are distinguishing features about various generations mm -hmm. and various uh, ages and, and, and times. As, because you guys have, you've stamped yourself as the millennial group, 
I'm sure you've done an, uh, an overly large amount of thinking about what makes a millennial. So in your opinion, what makes a millennial? Mm -hmm. uh, well, to start, where we've kind of, there's a broad range, but we look at a millennial as anybody born between 79 and 99. And there's a varying difference in um, that. So some people look at it starting in like 81 to like 94. So it's a nice wide range of people. And it's really interesting to look at that because you almost can look at the use of the internet and technology as the different varying factors in all of that. Like some of the, the older millennials didn't have internet growing up. Like I remember growing up, I had dial-up. I remember it would go make all, the noise. Yeah, you yeah. make all the noises and you can't make a phone call with it and all of that stuff. And then, But then there was some that Horrible they, later that grew up with it and just knew it. And that yeah. was, they had that in their hand constantly or mm -hmm. they were able to use it. And I think that's the, one of the biggest factors in what changed in the different mindsets between the generations was just that ease of access to yeah. information. And It needs to happen right away. We've never really lived in a generation where we had to wait for things. So like when we're been told we're entitled or we're spoiled it's just what we've grown up it just happens it happens like yep. so i think that's another thing i think you're right with the internet is mm -hmm. that's a big difference for us it's the expectation of the uh, uh instant communication yeah mm -hmm. and, and and i and again this is where a word like an expectation sometimes to xers or boomers they go we're spoiled punks but the, but it's it's really it isn't that it's just that this is what you've grown up with mm -hmm. and so the idea that this can happen changes how somebody sees the world. Like I remember the very first time where I had the "I'm living in the Jetsons" thing happen to me. You know, I <laughs> I was actually in Manila in the actually no sorry I was in the, I was in the Philippines and I was there doing some different kind of mission work and we took a uh, we took uh, a, a time away and we were on this remote island in the South Pacific Sea and we were I was it was the most remote feeling place I'd ever gone to and I walked a half an hour to go to an internet cafe and I had arranged to go on MSN Messenger with my oh. wife who was sitting back home and I remember sitting there on MSN Messenger in, a, in an internet cafe I'm thinking she is in my living room and we are talking instantly while I stare out at the South China Sea where am I but I, this is it, it 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 really does provide a whole different framework mm -hmm. for how people see the world so how does this affect something like how millennials do interact when even when it comes to business and things like this yeah. well it, we again we want to do it's weird that we've grown up and, and you see these studies that people say the internet is going to ruin relationships. It's going to stop people don't know how to interact with each other anymore. But I think that's what millennials want the most is that relationship. They want to have that connection with somebody. And that's just bringing it back to the network group. That's what we thought was really missing was that people weren't creating a relationship and a friendship and a connection mm -hmm. before doing business with each other. Yeah. And I want to know the person that I'm getting into business with or helping with their business before. I do that. Um, yeah, and I think too with that, we found that I think in a, it's just thinking about it now, having all that access to all that information, we found that our members are very much so, like, so willing to share. The moment that they learn something new or come across something, it's like, I got to tell you about this. You need to know about this so this will help you and move forward. Um, where I think a lot of the older generations might keep it to their chest and hold on to it and feel like, I got to hold on to this or else I'm not going to pass it on to anybody else. But we found that everybody's so willing to, mm -hmm. to share, like immediately. And yeah. the internet too, with how fast everything is, that we want change and we like change. We see change as a good thing. Um, I think we're impatient a little bit as well, but 
I think it's 2018. I think we're allowed to be a little bit impatient. I don't want to wait in lineups. I was I was in the grocery store and I was like, why am I in a lineup right now? It's 2018. Like this shouldn't happen. And then we find out that Amazon is eliminating lineups where you can just go walk into this place, put groceries into a bag, and walk out, and you still pay for it. Like, yeah. There's no lineups anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's going to ruin jobs, but it's Amazon. <laughs> I was at a, I was at a conference not that long ago, and there was a, 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 a millennial guy. Uh, working out of Silicon Valley, and he's uh, he started talking about w where things were going in super high tech, and I, I just said, this is a man from the future. But he, he walked in, and he started identifying people in the room, and he goes, George, you're the guy who drove me here. Um, I'm afraid to tell you, George, in a year you're not going to have a job. And he started pointing at the people in the room going, your job's going to be obsolete, and here's why. Yours is going to be obsolete, and here's yeah. why. And you can watch... The tension, I would say, in the room of the generational clash on things. But then he said something that that I, I'm, I really stuck with me. He goes, he goes, the the issue is, is isn't whether this is happening, or the issue is how are you going to deal with it, and not just deal with it, but how are you going to see the advantages in it? He mm -hmm. said some of the things that are happening technologically wise. If you're willing to be able to go, how is this going to enhance my life and enhance my human experience as mm -hmm. opposed to being afraid of the change on it, then that those are the people who are going to thrive in this. So we only yeah, have yeah. about another 30 seconds. We're going to talk about this when we get back. But we want to talk about how millennials can change the world mm -hmm. in our in our, our own city. We want to talk, chat about that with uh, Ben and Matt on Think Millennial. We'll be right back after this. Fresh um, from cooking two cups of Ontario spinach to music you're walking away so you're fading from me and oh, everything else in between King Bertram gave me a unicorn no one's given me a unicorn ever <laughs> grab a coffee and join oh, Natasha McKenty as she finds out what's happening in Waterloo region it's fairly simple to use in studio weekdays on Rogers TV favorite superheroes swing into action on channel 100 for a limited time order justice league on rogers on demand and it'll be yours to watch early anytime again and again Watcher. plus when you order as part of the combo pack on channel 100 you'll get the blu-ray or dvd sent right to your door when it's released Shall we? all for as low as 24.99 justice league on rogers on demand go to channel 100 for details and watch it today Fires raged along the Saguenay River for more than 150 kilometers, destroying land and lives. One family survived by dousing themselves all night against the searing heat. One family, among the thousands whose resourcefulness and courage shaped the character of this land. 
We're back. Hey, how about that? <laughs> I was off in a Gen X wonderland <laughs> thinking about being crusty or something like that. <laughs> I'm Dave Carroll. Welcome to Think Millennial. I was I was I was looking at the internet. That's I'm hanging out with millennials. I got I got lost. There's real people in front of me, and I'm staring at something ridiculous. Anyway, welcome to Think Millennial here with Ben Strasser, Matt Manum. and so we're talking about we were we left out when we were chatting a little bit about how millennials can save the world, mm -hmm. and uh, so I read this uh, wasn't that long ago. It was in sort of. Um, it was actually it was written as a response to how did the ice bucket challenge change mm. giving and philanthropy, mm -hmm. and and this is what what somebody wrote uh, and I, I can't remember who it is but I, I wrote it down because I found it really interesting. Attachment to particular organizations or institutions does not drive millennials. Rather, they are passionate about specific causes and helping people. That's one of the reasons why millennials want nonprofits to give them concrete evidence that their giving has had an impact. They want regular updates about successful projects and programs, and they want to know who they've helped. Mm. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? I agree with that, and Absolutely. I think that that is exactly like exactly what you just said. There is them wanting to, or us wanting to hold people accountable for their actions and what they're doing, and making sure that it really is making a difference, and the causes that we are supporting um, are making that change in the world. And it's that accountability that I think is really going to drive that forward. What do you think about it, Matt? I used to work for Habitat for Humanity, Brent Norfolk, and I absolutely agree. I think it's incredible. I don't have a lot of experience with other non-for-profits, but they make a huge point of any money that comes in there um, f as a donation goes towards building a home, every dollar, because they, they have the ReStore there, which is incredible, you guys should be going to. That's what... Gives everybody their money, gives pays for the the building to be running, pays for people's salaries. Mm -hmm. So you can be comfortable knowing that every dollar is going towards the actual cause or what they're trying to do, which build homes, affordable housing in Brandon, Norfolk. And I and I, from being there, I saw a lot of people would ask, "Where's my money going to? Where's mm -hmm. my money going to? Where's my money going to?" So I think a hundred percent, I think millennials really want that, and they want to know, and they want to know right away. Where's it going? I, I so I've, I've joked with you guys for for a long time, and one of my one of my jokes when I listen to either different Gen X or businesses or Boomer businesses talk about millennials, it's often as like a far off leprechaun. Yeah. Go, and go, and it's a group of group of old guys sitting around discussing how do you get millennials in here? Where are the millennials? Heaven's the American trying to found a millennial, and it, they literally talk like it's a leprechaun. You yeah. gotta go and find this elusive pot of gold. The millennials, yeah. how do you get them to buy your product? You know, craft beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, but I think it's because if you can create something that really rallies those in in your demographic mm -hmm. your demographic is ready to act but need to be able to see that it makes a difference and that you can make a difference fairly quickly mm -hmm. and so the ice bucket challenge years ago to me really wasn't was an eye open and it was for 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 many many people because the amount that was donated to the ALS society had very little to do with the ALS society but it 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 scratched an itch and was an immediate impact and we, people were able to very quickly turn a small action done collectively into a enormous impact mm -hmm. that was a lasting impact for the ALS society yeah. and so how how what motivates 
a generation to be able to go, we're going to take care of this this problem, these problems. Mm -hmm. What do you think motivates the generation? To I think it's a community thing. I think that we want to make a change. We see that there is need uh, for change in the world. And I think that you're going to have to, you could give me a better um, idea of this, but I feel like millennials are really, we're given a bad rap. Like we yes. really are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's worse than the other generations had it. I don't know if baby boomers were like that with you or not. They were. Okay, yeah. so then, my, <laughs> then I have no idea how to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but I think, and I think too that um, a lot of it is just that we can donate our time. I think not everybody has oodles and oodles of money to be able to donate or write big checks, but I think your time is worth just the same amount um, for that. So I think being it means able to, more too. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, exactly. So some people are able to write those big checks and do that, but then they're busy doing the other stuff that allows them to write those big checks. Mm -hmm. And then there's the individuals that have the time to be able to go and help and be the boots on the ground and get in there. And yeah. And so I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example of that and how I'm watching you guys play this out is uh, uh, last weekend was our Frosty Fest. Yeah. And so we do this w winter carnival every year. It requires about 100 volunteers, and we, we, we calculate it out to be about 2,000 volunteer hours. But we... Um, you know, we're representing an organization, and we want the festival to be in a in a in a good place. And so, while it's it's a volunteer opportunity, we want to be able to find people that you know will reflect uh, a, reflect good on the community, have a good have a good mm -hmm. face in the community. And one of the when we look through what groups could we partner with, the Millennial Networking Group was a group that we we're able to partner with. And so uh, Ben was king of the castle for for uh, <laughs> for the weekend. The man on top of the snow slide. Uh, Pushing, pushing children on crazy carpets yeah. down that snow slide. Did he do yeah. the Christmas Carol thing where he just like kicks the kid <laughs> in the head down? I the didn't slide. kick. It, I had flashes of that though, like visions of that. Not that I was going to do it because then at the end of the day, oh my, my knee. I realized that. But at the end of my day, my knees were getting a little sore, so I would help help them onto the carpet, and then it would be more of like a nudge with my boots. Millennial. To go, my go knees down. were sore. My knees were sore. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, but every time I'm like. All of a sudden, I had that flashback of the Christmas story and that taking place. I'm like, okay, and then then I would use my hands again, and then, but and so that's not nothing. I mean, yeah. like from a from a guy who is, is organizing a festival to be able to go, yeah, we're going to give spot to, uh, but with a group that we can trust to be able mm -hmm. to go, yeah, they're going to take care of the kids. They're doing Shoving it for for the community for the in 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 general ways. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, but that's I, I think it is a, a, mm -hmm. a great example of how the millennials are. Are functioning in our mm -hmm. in our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot agree of on that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> bunch of bobbleheads. We're, we're done. That's it. <laughs> what were you saying, Matt? Um, I think that a lot of businesses do struggle to get millennials in the door, and you were like, you kind of touched on that earlier, and I think they just need to, they need to more and pivot a little bit. Yeah, realize that there is something we want to be buying for a cause. We want to be there for a cause. We want to. Oh, this is a good topic, but they tell me I got to go to a break. No. For a cause. Remember that. For a cause. Okay, we'll start off that in a second. I'm Dave Carroll. You're watching Think Millennial. We're going to be right back after this, chatting more about millennials with uh, Ben and Matt. Ironically enough, we'll be right back. Entrepreneurs share their stories of success and challenges in small business. Or even if I need more of a virtual kind of presence. The Small Business Show on Rogers TV. 
This February, help to fill emergency food hampers during the House of Friendship's Potato Blitz. You can make a difference in your community with a bag of spuds or a financial donation. Hello, I'm Liz Dowdswell, Lieutenant Governor of Ontario. In 2008, carbon monoxide, a deadly invisible gas, killed an entire family in our province. That tragedy led to a new law requiring homes with potential CO sources to have alarms. John Gignac's family members passed away that day, and he shares his story to save others. Please make sure you have working CO alarms in your home. Protect your family today. And he can lift anything, anything at all. He's that strong. Joe Schuster, will you stop it or you'll miss your train? Now help me find number five. Strong, but by day he's a mild-mannered reporter. Glasses, you know, a secret identity. Honestly, you Canadian kids. He'd be in this cape. A what? A cape. Wearing these blue tights. A hero in tights, really. Here it is. Listen, Lois, this guy is faster than anything, I swear. If you're not fast, you're going to miss your train. That's it. A bullet, a bullet. He's faster? No, he's faster than a speeding bullet. Come on, get on it. No one's going to read a comic strip about a strong man in tights, Joe. It'll never fly. Fly, no. But he can leap over tall buildings. Oh, wow, yeah. See what your cousin Frank says in Toronto. Wait, wait, Lois. I I've got something for you. Take it. It's a gift. You never know. It might be worth something someday. Is he great or what? Entitled, spoiled, lazy, millennials. Today on Think Millennial, I'm Dave Carroll, sitting in for Ben and Matt, introducing and interviewing Ben and Matt. Welcome to your show, guys. Thank you for having us. Yes, yeah, yes. We appreciate it. I, don't, I haven't, I haven't uh, tried to do the Barbara Walters make you cry with like childhood Ooh. stories yet. Yeah. Tell me about your father. <laughs> So, <laughs> Matt, you're... I'm not biting. <laughs> My dad never played catch with me. So you were talking about how, how companies need to understand that millennials do care and find ways to be able to engage them, right? Yeah, I, I think the perfect example is I think we're very local. We like to shop very local. I feel like that's something that's been huge in our generation and always for the little guy. Craft beer, for instance, we love craft beer and we, would, we want craft beer to take down the bats. Molson, we want. The, we don't want their beer. We want the local people that the are using local beer. The opinions expressed on Big Millennial do not necessarily <laughs> reflect those of Rogers Television. Yeah. <laughs> those are, I took uh, I don't quote know from Ben. Yeah. Quote from Ben. Typically, those are my words. Yeah. <laughs> but for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading um, uh, another study on Millennial, and, and the, the, the reason why I've got some of this material is, I've I've been. Uh, uh, the do seminars on millennials guy at a number of different conferences over mm -hmm. the years where as a non-millennial they look and go he might be the closest we got <laughs> and go and i and i've sort of hosted um panel discussions on millennials and engaging millennials mm -hmm. and and stuff so i I've, I've done more than my share of outsider research well but there is a i've read a few different authors that talk about um, that, that said the word that the love language of millennials is wanting to feel wanted. But when it comes to 
to an entrepreneurial world or a corporate world, not necessarily just personal interaction. But and and I've experienced it in an in, in organization that so I oversee sort of uh, young adult groups and that kind of thing. And more than in past generations, the the idea that they want to feel that they actually have a role, and so. If you don't have a role, like we were chatting earlier about during the networking groups, if you're not there as a as an equal person or a role, then why am I why mm -hmm. am I here why am I here at all? How do how do you how do you um, how do you balance the? Well, let me let me kind of put it this way: You've got your millennial networking group, and yet there are other networking groups and there are other businesses. How do you use your um, entrepreneurial weight that you guys have now to be able to influence? others that's a fantastic question whoa <laughs> <laughs> give us a heads up on that one <laughs> um i think it's it's very cool now to be able to look at all of the people the incredible people that we've met and it's not necessarily just entrepreneurs either mm -hmm. it's uh people that own their own businesses it's commissioned salespeople. um it's career professionals um, and everybody's just looking to succeed and get better um, both uh, we say both socially and professionally they're looking to be able to get to to be able to feel comfortable in going and speaking to somebody for the first time and just meeting with them and holding a conversation that's more than small talk and or then coming in like last night we had a business development seminar and we had uh, four or five speakers come on and share their stories about what they've been through since like growing up or leaving school to now where they either they run their own business or they've like reached almost like a pinnacle in their career um, but it's taken a lot it took um, like one of the gentlemen he had two stints of working at McDonald's before he was able finally to break through um, to get to where he wanted he wanted to do this so bad um, that he ha was willing to do whatever it took to, to make mm -hmm. that happen and it was really cool um, to hear that um, I think we'll be the first ones to admit too that we don't know everything yeah Ow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ow. We so we're we're open to doing whatever, just trying it out. Trying what works, failing. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing it, keep trying and and listening to others as well. Uh we don't just have millennials in the group too, which helps a lot because there's more experience. Uh, I I talked to somebody who was under the impression that it was only for millennials, and it's probably partly our our marketing as well that mm -hmm. gives it's that. called the millennial network. Yeah. <laughs> millennial network <group. laughs> Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> what? But so she felt like she couldn't be there, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm here." Uh, but I tried explaining that we we want everybody to come out, and it's more of a mindset like just be open to each other, be helpful to each other, mm -hmm. be respectful, and just share your story and talk about others. Talk about others. Ask questions about other people. And and I think it's one of the greatest credits to 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 your generation is that you I've, i i see that as well like hungry for for even mentorship hungry for input mm -hmm. and 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 that's something that past generations kind of rejected like the idea of i want somebody else helping and yeah mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah it, it 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 hasn't happened all the time mm -hmm. and so and I think it can it can only be to the credit of uh, and to the benefit yeah. of um, your generation. So I'm yeah. on the side that mentorship is more beneficial than what education is. Mm. You can go to school, you can get your degree in business for four years, whatever it's going to take, and then you're going to come out and you're going to have to start from the ground up to try and figure things out. 
or you can find a mentor or hopefully you find a mentor that can help you and give you four years of actual real life experience in running a business or starting a business and everything that it actually takes not from reading a book from actually going mm. through it you can be told in a book that yeah you know so many businesses are gonna fail mm. but if you actually have a mentor that helps you and once you do fail you're I think you're more likely to keep going if you have a mentor but if you just took it in school and failed you don't have anybody helping lift you back up again. So mm. I, I really think that mentors is it's where it's at. I, mm. and I think millennials yeah. are really are hungry for that. And I think too, um, like as far as us like getting to the size that we are now, we're able to do projects um, like kickback. We were able to throw that out there and say, who wants to be? And for everybody that may not know what the kickback was, but it was a 12-hour live marathon um, on Rogers TV, all in raising awareness for mental health. And we were able to throw that out there, and we had able to pull from all of our community, like our community, and say who wants to be involved in this and who wants to be a part of this. And it was just incredible to have that outreach come back to us and say, yeah, we want to be involved in this. And we can kind of do, we can pull together from all these different industries mm -hmm. and do all these amazing projects and kind of just have them happen because we've got all these yeah. different pieces to it. So. And I'll tell you, it was a very inspiring thing. Like I, uh, I saw what you did. And uh, I was so thrilled to be able to be a part of it. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, I look and go, these are guys who are, are seeing the world in a good way and uh, using what they have at their disposal to be able to do something. All right, mm -hmm. we got to go to a break. I want to come back. I guess we've got one more segment. My goodness, we're almost done this show. How about that? We'll be back right <laughs> after this uh, with Ben and Matt here on Think Millennial. They don't know what Giovanni and me on Rogers TV is. Are you? When did they get out of their coma? I'm on TV, not the face. This show is about regular people getting their chance of 15 minutes of fame right here on Rogers TV. I go out there, I interview interesting people, where they live, where they work, where they play. It's beautiful. You know what I'm talking about? This is going to make some memories with this. Anyway, that's, that's what the show is about, basically, in a nutshell. With NHL Center Ice, you get a premium ticket to the games you want every night of the season. With up to 37 out-of-market games a week to choose from, you'll get more goals, more saves, more non-stop action from the teams you love. NHL Center Ice, part of the Super Sports Pack. For only $35.95 a month, Rogers customers get all this. Order through your remote or call 1-888-ROGERS-1 today. Your visit isn't really necessary. I'll judge for myself. I know you're an MP, Miss McPhail, but a woman has never... I am not leaving till I do. civilized. If those appalling conditions don't change, that prison will explode! Perhaps our lone lady member is too fragile to know what is normal in a prison. Is this normal? Her courage would lead to the overhaul of the entire Canadian penal system. 
Agnes McPhail, Canada's first woman MP. Welcome back to Think Millennial. My name is Dave Carroll. Great to have you here. I am the guest host of Think Millennial, hosting the show for Ben and Matt, who are my guests on the show. <laughs> it's a flip-flop. It's a flip-flop. Flip-flop. This wacky idea they came up with, you got the guys, yeah. and then you're on the other side. How has it been, been feeling nice over there on, on your big comfy I'm chairs? I'm getting comfortable, yeah. They're very wide chairs yes. you have there. Yes, they are. Your fake living room is pretty nice here. My yeah. fake living room is pretty neat. I have, like, uh, l lamps in my fake living yeah. room, but... Yeah, we don't have lamps. No lamps. No lamps. <laughs> just natural sunlight. Yeah, just natural sunlight. It's a big sunlight. Skylight up there. millennials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like it bare, the brick. Yeah. Just yeah. like it right there. I really do like exposed brick. <laughs> I really do. It's a perfect bed. Yeah. It's yeah. a perfect fake living room for you. <laughs> well, listen, we've been chatting about uh, all things millennial, and it's... Uh, I. I I really enjoy chatting about this, and I think um, there's great value in um, not overly dissecting, but really taking a look at what makes each generation tick, because I think it really does help help people understand each other. Mm -hmm. Like, people are different. People come from different places, and so their stories are, um, it makes a difference. And I, th I think you were, you were saying earlier, uh, uh, Matt, about how um, uh, to be able to function together, you you you, you really want to know who the person is mm -hmm. before you're functioning together, mm -hmm. and I and I think that that is important generationally to be able to sit down and go, here's why I do what I do, here's why I do what I do, and I think we can figure out that we do things for similar reasons, but ha but have different sometimes motivations for yeah. doing it and different ways of doing it, and mm -hmm. so super important. So we've got I don't know about five six minutes left, and so Ben, I, I just want to hear from you why why do you care enough? to invest yourself in let's rally my generation to care and do something? Um, I think it was something that we didn't necessarily um, realize. Like It was something that we kind of fell into and we realized that we had this awesome group of people coming together and then the first one was for Nova Vita raising, um, raising funds to be able to get back to school supplies. And we said, okay, we've got all these people coming out. And then it was just kind of power in numbers. Like we, then we did Socktober, which is an awesome, awesome initiative. And in one night, I remember calling uh, Stacy Ferrant that night, like five minutes before the event was supposed to start, and being like, so what is this Socktober thing about? Like I just told people to bring socks. I didn't know where they were going or what was going on with them. And I'm on the phone with her five minutes before. And she's like, oh, this is what they're doing. This is where they're going, and this is why we're doing it. And I'm like, okay, now I can go talk to people about it. <laughs> and then that night, we ended up with 793 pairs of socks. Remember your living room? Just covered yeah, in socks. Yeah, just socks everywhere. <laughs> but it, that, that's kind of when we started realizing that we were, able to, we're going to be able to make significant change mm. with our membership and the people involved. And I think that was the biggest, the biggest factor of that, was realizing kind of the size of the change that we could do. And then as we kept going people started to take more notice and different opportunities, bigger opportunities kind of mm -hmm. approached us and we were able to then take it on because of our numbers and it was just, mm. it was really cool. But I, I get a lot out of helping helping the community and seeing the difference and one of the volunteers we had, uh, Dustin, uh, he for um, Frosty Fest, 
he came on and he sent me a text message after and he said hey Ben like thank you so much for putting this together and allowing me to volunteer I had this really cool moment on it I just wanted to share it with you um, but it was it was a family had just this is their first time in Canada they had never really experienced mm. snow and so it was their little kid and he was terrified to go up on the hill but he did it this was his first time ever touching and seeing snow well wow. And he goes up and he goes down the snow slide and apparently he just had this huge smile on his face and the family was smiling and it was just a really cool moment for him to be able to do that. And that kind of sparked it back into me thinking like, yeah, that's why, like there's so many different reasons that you can volunteer, but being able to provide that back um, to families that They'll maybe, know when yeah. they're really uh, acclimatized to Canada when they hate that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's not so exciting anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. stories have to feel amazing for you, though, who you organize it. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's got to be many stories you've had where people not, not, they're just new to the community and they come on out and all of a sudden they're meeting friends and seeing how warm our community really is. We do an event called the $1 Car Wash uh, every year. It's one of my favorite kindness events that we do because it's, it's one of the most sort of obscure off the wall ones. <laughs> and so we'll set, up, uh, we'll set up a car wash at a grocery store and people will pull in. We have uh, kids out in, the, out in the street. It says $1 Car Wash. And because uh, we tried doing free and people were suspicious. And <laughs> so people pull in and then we'll go up to the window and they'll reach in for a loony, and then we'll hand them a loony, and we'll say, here you go, this is for the honor of serving you today. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and we give them a loony, and they go, I don't want a loony. And I go, I don't care. I want you to take the loony and go do something kind for somebody. They pull in, we wash their car for free, and we do a free barbecue for them. And it's this incredible interaction. Well, one of, the, one of my favorite ever um, interactions of it was a couple that had just moved to Brantford like a couple days earlier and we were one of their first interactions with any Brantfordian and we're like if this is what the city is like then yeah <laughs> these people are nuts yeah. we're moving yeah. so we've got a, just about another minute but Matt why do you do it why do you care enough to be able to care for people I I think I get energy from being around others mm -hmm. um, I sort of feel like myself as an introvert sometimes I don't feel very comfortable in large groups um, some people would argue that I'm not shy. I don't know, there's different introvert, whatever. Um, I, I think I just get energy from it. I love being around other people. I like seeing other people happy. I like making people happy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I could ever have a career or a job if I'm not working with people. It has to be around people. So this is just the perfect thing, having a network group and meeting new people all the time, hearing their stories, mm -hmm. where they've come from, where they're going, what their goals are, and to be able to contribute to that, just energizing to me. I love it. And you get to be on TV, you too. You get to be on TV, too, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, guys, this has been great. We've got about another minute, but uh, thanks for letting me host your show today. Yeah, thank this you for being here. Nice. Yeah. This has been very nice. I still have a minute. Why yeah. did you let me host your show? Who else would we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kid yourself. It's been fun for me. Good. Fun I'm glad. Me. I'm glad. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is great. Well, listen, this has been Think Millennial, and uh, I love chatting uh, about this stuff, but even more, I uh, love these guys and love what they're doing in the community, and so, still got about another minute. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you know any jokes? Like 30-second jokes? 30-second jokes? No, I don't. Nope. No. Do you got anything? Duck walks into a bar, said to the bartender, you got any nails? Or you, you, you got any grapes? The bartender goes, nope. Duck walks out of the bar. The next day, the duck walks back into the bar, says to the bartender, you got any grapes? And the bartender goes, no. The next day, the duck walks into the bar, and he says to the bartender, you got any grapes? And the bartender goes, listen, you stupid duck, this is a bar. We don't have any grapes. 
I mean, if you don't shut up, I'm going to nail your stupid duck beak to this bar. And he goes, you got any nails? He says, no. He goes, you got any grapes? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. My favorite, time. My favorite joke. All well right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Think Millennial. My name's Dave. Goodbye. Stay millennial, Bramford. Stay millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers TV viewer response line. Email us or connect with us on social media. Two full-time moms on a mission to talk about everything parents deal with on a daily basis. Okay, so what do you do when your child has a meltdown? It's Vanessa and Melissa, Tuesdays at 7.30 on Rogers TV. Thursday. You. Do. Need. Painting. Those wacky improv artists are back. Oh God, no! Theater on the Edge on Rogers TV. Cannot let recent events derail the work of this nation. What is this? The new national security advisor. Saul? The last time they tried to overthrow the government was never. Anyone who takes a stand, people are going to say they're crazy. They've been calling me that for years. The country is in free fall. You're acting like it's me off my bed. I will hunt you down. I will kill you. This is Rogers TV. Welcome to the Small Business Show. It's great to have you back today. Linda, you know, I'm excited in terms of the diversity of guests we keep bringing on to this show today. We are good, aren't we? I really am getting an <laughs> exciting chance to really speak to somebody I've known for, for a couple of years now, and that's Paul Levesque of Intelligent Office, and that's really to answer the question, where do I set my office up if I'm starting a business or even if I need more of a virtual kind of presence? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, many years ago, you had to have a certain office in a certain office block and maybe it was expensive, so now you can tailor it to your budget. Well, as you know, I'm very excited. We get very excited on this show, Steve, but I've got Clint coming along, Clint sending from Elite Training Facility, one of my most favourite people. And um, it's all to do with health and wellness, accountability, which relates to business. We have to be accountable. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, I know. We, I, I, I need to talk to Clint. You keep reminding me, right? I'm not saying anything. We have to find the time. Aww. I need to be accountable there. Right? So <laughs> I think we've got a great set of lineup uh, and people to talk to. But I think, you know, as we're getting into the show, I think there's so many different people we get a chance to talk to that, you know, there's certainly a wealth of information available. Yeah, and it's, it's good for everybody to know that they're not alone. So we'll be back after the break.
following program is brought to you by Rogers Anyplace TV. Enjoy exclusive content for free. Visit RogersAnyplaceTV.com. Two full-time moms on a mission to talk about everything parents deal with on a daily basis. Okay, so what do you do when your child has a meltdown? It's Vanessa and Melissa, Tuesdays at 7.30 on Rogers TV. The world's most famous Canadian